Hello, all of my beautiful queens out there. This is your girl, Lysandra. So I'm tuning in today with another entry for Queen Esteem, Queen Chronicles. Today is Sunday, December 4th, 2022. It is currently 5.08 p.m. when I'm recording this. And I wanted to share an experience that I had back in 2004. Um, it was an experience where God renamed me, long story short, but I have never in its entirety recorded what the experience actually was because it was very unusual. It was a during, it was during a time of 40 days of communion. Like a lot of us take communion on the first Sunday of every month. And traditionally, some of us wear white, um, all of us celebrate differently, but however, it is acknowledging the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the laying down of his life that he did, eventually dying, and restoring us to the Father. So there was a lot of symbolism during that time, and every day for 40 days, we took communion every morning. My time was every morning. It doesn't really matter what time of day that you take communion. And I would have my fellowship with God. I was playing, I used to be completely obsessed. I still completely love this album from CC Winans called Throne Room. And I was playing Welcome to the Throne Room every morning. So I'm not, um, I'm not sure if that necessarily had anything to do with encouraging the experience that I had with God. However, it was, it was worship. And I wasn't expecting anything specific from God. I just really wanted to know what my calling in life was. What did he call me to do? What did he put me here for? So it was about day 15. I hadn't heard anything, hadn't seen anything, didn't have any prophetic dreams, no visions. And let me tell you all, I was waiting for God to do something completely extraordinary, different. I've always kind of waited for a prophetic person to confirm to me the magnitude of what I felt God had called me to, but I didn't know what that was. So, and I didn't realize the magnitude of what I was asking. So there was this one day in particular, <coughs> there was this one day in particular that I just felt different and I felt this, this new kind of desperation that I was like, either God cut me, control me, or kill me if you don't tell me what I'm called to do. Because I had no idea what my purpose was. I was maybe my second year, second or third year into college. And I had changed my major several times. I just basically did not know what I was doing in life. And I... This one particular morning, I was hearing Cece sing Welcome to the Throne Room. And when she got to the, the, the phrase, this is the place where he shows his face. I had just taken the bread, eaten it. And um, you're supposed to use this uh, matzah bread. It's, it's like a cracker that does not have hardly any taste to it. It's not about the taste. It's about the symbolism. And, and in this case, it was about my obedience. And... After I partook of the bread, I just broke into tears and I just said, God, I don't know what you've called me to. I don't know what you want from my life. 
but I give you permission to do whatever you want to do in my life. Just whatever. I don't, I'm not called just to be a, a, a church pew warmer. I'm not called to just sit back and receive the word every week. I don't know what I'm called to, but you have to tell me. I don't want any more of my life being wasted because life without you, for me, it feels like a complete total waste. And then when I got to the blood, I couldn't talk anymore. I was just so broken and just so it's it's not coming from a hurt place. It was coming from the places just like desperate. God, tell me what you have called me to do. And then all of a sudden I could not hear throne room anymore. I could not hear Cece singing anymore. It was just a place where it was just me and God. And I heard him say, I will do anything that you ask for me to do. And I said, I want your heart. I don't want a heart like yours. I literally want your heart. I want to do what I can to win you over. What do I have to do? I have been in my study where I love the Old Testament prophets. I do. I'm obsessed with Jesus Christ and I'm not ashamed to talk about it. But what do those people do that was so special that you use them in such an amazing way? Joshua at the battle of AI, you cause your people to triumph over their enemies. Were they special? Did they do something that touched your heart extra special? And God said, no. I said, what about Elijah? You came to him in the wind and the rain, but you were not in the wind and the rain. But then there was a still small voice and you used him to kill all the false prophets and you rained down fire on false prophets. Um, but I'm like, what did he do that was so special that made him stand out that you used him in such an extraordinary way? And God said, nothing. He didn't do anything. And I'm like, okay, Elisha, that he was a baddie that had power down to the bone. He was, he wanted the second, he wanted a double portion of Elijah's anointing. What did he do that was so special that he deserved something like that? And God said, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. He was an ordinary man. I'm like, Okay, then what do I have to do? Because I feel like you have called me to something extraordinary, but I have no idea what that is. So <clears throat> I'm going back and forth. And God said, just ask me. And I said, I want your heart. And he said, you've asked a hard thing, but I'll do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what, what that means. But he said, this evening, I'm going to visit you. I said, I, I would love that but just please don't terrify me with your presence. Please do not scare me. Don't let your presence scare me literally to death because I want to be here to accomplish everything that you want me to accomplish. So that night I was reading my Bible and I felt like something was in the room with me. I could not see anything, but I felt like it was the presence of an angel. And I'm reading through the story of Abraham. I remember clearly. And I had my TV on. All of a sudden, I didn't hear the TV anymore, much like the experience I had that morning. And there was a boom in my room, like something had landed on the floor that was extremely heavy. And in my mind's eye, I could see an angel turning around. And he was so tall and so massive that he had... Um, his robe, it kind of like swayed as if it was hitting air. Again, I didn't see this with my physical eyes. I saw this with my spiritual eyes. He turned around. He landed in my bedroom with, with his back to me. When he turned around, his robe knocked something off my bookshelf and that I physically saw. And I just looked in that area and I'm like, I don't see anything, but what in the world just landed in my room? What if it's not an angel? What if it's something different? And I heard a voice echoing, and he said, the Lord sent me to tell you to sleep. 
and I saw in my mind's eye that he reached, reached his hand out toward me. The next thing I know, my head hit the bedboard, the back of my head did, and I felt my Bible kind of collapse onto my, um, onto my chest. And when I went to sleep, I woke up in a different realm. I was walking with this crowd of just like some hoodlum, thuggish looking people. And this man that was leading them, he just looked evil. He had the presence of evil. And he was walking with them and immediately I recognized him to be the devil himself. And I was walking with him and all of a sudden I realized I was dressed in clothes that I would not ever wear. And I started to take those things off. There was a vest, there was some blue jeans. I had some kind of clothing on underneath. I don't, I don't remember specifically what it was, but I remember taking off the old clothes and coming out of those old shoes. And the devil said to me, and we were walking kind of like in a crowd, like an entourage. And the devil said to me, no matter where you go, I'm going to find you. And you're going to be with me forever and you're going to serve me forever. And I said, not if you can't catch me. And I took a jump and all of a sudden next to us, there was this neighborhood, this, uh, this, this row of houses. And they were kind of in a horseshoe shape, kind of like in a cul-de-sac. And I jumped up like defying gravity. And I was on the roof of this house and I jumped from house to house. And he just watched me with his entourage. And then eventually I came to this house that he was, um, that he was standing underneath on the sidewalk. And he said, come on, we'll come back and get her at a later time. And I was like, I'm on the side of the great Lord God, Jehovah, you ain't going to get nothing. And then, uh, so he walked off and, you know, I, I didn't see where he went to from there. But while I was standing on the roof of this house and looking back on it, all those houses that the, the roofs I was jumping on and like I was defying gravity, jumping from house to house is a church I have belonged to. And because I remember seeing like before I would join a church, I can go to someplace that I've never been to before. And I knew exactly how it looked and that I was supposed to belong there for a season. And there were houses from Georgia, New York, California, um, and that was, um, that's basically the majority of the, the states of the churches that I belong to. Um, so when I was standing on the roof of this house, there was this beam as if um, it was like a light ray coming from heaven. And I knew it was a, a portal for an open heaven. So, you know, after it rains, but it's during the daytime and the sun appears through the clouds in a portal um, or kind of like a, a portal or a beam of light. I knew that it was the Lord and there was a set time that this portal was going to be open and when it was going to be closed. And I started jumping up and down, losing my mind. Hey, Lord, over here. And I waved my arms around. I just, I'm like, you're going to hear me and you're going to see me. I'm the only one that's out here. So <laughs> how could you not see me and hear me? But I kept jumping up and down and I was screaming, Lord, over here, over here. Come get me, Lord. Whatever you're doing, don't pass me by. Just come over here, Lord. Get me over here. And all of a sudden, where that light ray was, it was miles away. All of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, that portal, it, it was like it ran and it pursued me. And I was jumping up and down in the portal. And in the portal, I had no fear. In the portal, I had no fear. It was just me in an open heaven. And I was, I jumped up and down. I ended up jumping onto the ground. It was like, I was light as a feather. And then there was this, when I jumped down onto the ground, all of a sudden my feet were in an open meadow. And it was a meadow that just, it went off for miles around. There were mountains in the distance. The ocean was on one side. 
And where I had jumped down, there was a trail that had been paved for me on the meadow. And so I started running on this trail and I was speaking in tongues and running, just praising God and worshiping. And I was just like, I don't know what you're going to do, God. But mentally, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that, that, you know, this was anything in particular. I was just like, you know, it's just me and God fellowship time. And I'm just running in his presence, enjoying the Lord on this path in the meadow. And then all of a sudden I come away from myself and I can see myself and I saw how beautiful I look to the Lord especially when I'm worshiping. It was just like a renewed me. It's hard to describe, but it's just, uh, it's like a heavenly me. And we're all citizens of heaven, um, sitting in places far above principalities and powers. And, um, you know, so we have dual citizenship in heaven as well as on, on the earth. And I was running in this meadow and all of a sudden in the meadow, I saw someone laying out flat like they got hit by a car and they were wearing these tattered clothes look like sackcloth and but their their arms were um their arms were exposed and their legs and they were barefoot and this person's head was turned away from me and they were just laying there almost as if they were dead and i looked at them and this and then i realized the same portal that was on me was also on that person. And miles away when I was jumping up and down, I was on the roof of that house. I realized the portal came from heaven directly on this person. I'm like, oh, I caught up to where um, this portal was, you know, a couple miles away. And where I saw the person laying there, all of a sudden the portal started to get hotter and more intense. And I'm feeling the intensity of the presence of God where I'm standing, I'm feeling everything that this person is feeling. And all of a sudden it got white, hot, fire, this fire of the Lord became white hot on this portal. It's like a sunbeam. It's just, it was so hot, but I was not being burned or consumed, but I felt all the fire, all the intensity. And it was just, it's beautiful. It was so white, pure white. That was just, it was the whitest thing, brightest thing I've ever seen. And this person, the was underneath the anointing of God. And it just got so hot and so intense. The sackcloth, the dirty clothes that they were wearing got burned away. And I could not, this person got burned away down to their skin. Um, the Their clothing that they were wearing was burned away down to the skin. And, but they were not being burned or consumed. This was all done by God. And then I noticed that there was two hands that came down from the portal and they were the hands of God and God cradled this person like they were a newborn baby. And I was thinking to myself, what did they do? Are, are they going to be okay? What happened? I was, I had so many questions and I was like, who is this person that I don't even know what to make of what I'm seeing. And I was like, who is this person? What have they done? What, why am I seeing this? I was just going through it repetitively. I'm just, I, I didn't understand. And then all of a sudden the hands of God took the person's face and turned it towards me and it was me. So to this day, I'm not completely sure if I was in my body or out of my body. I do know it was real. And, a, and it was just a face to face in your face, super intense. I didn't know what to make of it. And when I saw myself laying there and I could not see anything that was bare, but I was completely in my birthday suit, <laughs> but I couldn't see anything that was inappropriate because that was not, that was not the point. And neither was that something I was, you know, trying to look for. It was like, why am I just in my birthday suit? And it's just me and God's because there is nothing that is hidden 
from the spirit of God, nothing. And there was such a purity and such a holiness and such, I was so happy. I've never felt that kind of joy and it was intense and God was happy with me. And we, I just, I've never felt like I've been one with the father, but if you're one of Jesus Christ, that also makes you one with the father, because if you receive the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for your life, he has redeemed you to the father. So we're all, he is mine and I am his. I'm not going to cry. Yes, I am. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care. So, um, all of a sudden when I came to that realization that, um, all of a sudden everything went dark and it was just me and him. It was like being born again. Everything was dark and I wasn't looking for anything, but I was not alone. And then all of a sudden I heard in the distance, Samuel, Samuel. And I knew that God was talking to me. I didn't understand why he was calling me Samuel, but I did not ask questions. All I could hear was my heart beating tremendously from being tremendously afraid. I could hear it in my ears. I was terrified because when you're in the face of an almighty God, that there is only one like him, there is, there is no other. He shows you who God is. And I will tell you from being face to face, there is no intensity, no pressure. There is nothing. When you serve an almighty God, if God be for you, nothing is ever going to be able to stand against you. But I digress. When I turned, I was still, I was laying in the position that when I saw myself, when God turned my face toward me, when I was laying on the ground, um, I was still laying in that same position when I was kind of coming to, and I said, speak Lord, your daughter is listening. And I turned my head as I turned my head, I could look up the open heaven, the open portal and it was just me and God face to face. I can describe him in tongues. I cannot describe him in English. He said, I will be with you like I was with the prophet Samuel and not one of your words will fall to the ground. That is all he said. And all I could say was holy, holy, holy. And again, all I could look up was the funnel. I wish I could tell you that I could see the, the face of God face to face and yet live to tell it. Um, I did not see that there was a mist in between us there. All I saw was the funnel and it was like staring God in the eyes. And when I tell you, I thought I was going to come apart. I did not think that I was, uh, I gave no thought to this life. So for those of you that are worried about the journey of death, it is not a period. It is a comma. You go on and I'm telling you in the presence of God is where you want to be. So I've never seen anybody more beautiful, more lovely. He is everything. I mean, like words compare in comparison to describing an almighty God. But I know I was looking up the, it was like looking up a funnel of a tornado, looking in the eye of a tornado. And only satellites have seen that kind of things. Most people don't live to see the eye of a tornado, but that's what it was like. But this tornado was all the fire and glory of God and everything is made new. And for a split second, I could see the son standing at the right hand of the father. And I knew exactly what was going on and who was who. They're two, but they're one. I can say it in tongues. I cannot explain this in English. There are not words that compare or that can, oh, I feel the glory now or words that can describe that are adequate enough to, to explain the holiness, the divinity, the sovereignty. I, anyway, I, yeah. So in, um, in the experience, 
I, I still feel like the angel from the beginning was standing next to my bed. And for a split second, I looked down and I realized that I was not completely in my body. I looked down and I could see my, um, I'm a side sleeper and I could see that my body was still asleep to the side. So that's the reason why I wasn't sure if I was in my body or out of my body. I didn't feel like I was levitating. I just felt like I wasn't completely there, but I wasn't completely, I wasn't gone, but I wasn't completely present in my body either. So that's just um, the sensation I can use to describe the experience. And I felt this angel that was still standing next to me in my bed. And I said, God, I, I thank you so very much for this experience, but I cannot take seeing no angel right now telling me to fear not. I'm like, I, I was at the point I was, I was tapping out. I couldn't hardly take anymore because this feeling that I was going to explode was getting, it was just more and more intense. Like your human body is not made to take that. That's why when some people get hands laid on them, they fall completely out because your body is not made to, to take on the full glory of God. It, that's completely impossible. And, but when I said that out of my mouth, boom, everything stopped. It was silent. I was back in my bed. My TV was on. I could not hear it, but I, my Bible was still on my chest and I could hardly talk. But all I could say was, come back, come back. Please come back. You can bring the angel with you and everything, but please don't leave. Don't leave me here, not by myself. And um, I heard the Lord inside of my spirit say, read 1 Samuel 12 and 22. And I said, what? He said, read 1 Samuel 12 and 22. And I turned my lamp on and I read 1 Samuel 12 and 22. It says, the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, for it has pleased him to make you his own. And it just, it was so personal and such a rhema word. I immediately got out of my bed, ran down the hallway um, to my mother's room. And I said, I turned on the light. She was completely asleep, like out, would not, would, would not come to coherency, no nothing. And I said, mommy, I, I had a vision. And she said, what? <laughs> I said, I had a vision or no, no, it was an encounter. God spoke to me. And she just, she just drifted right back on to sleep. I said, no, 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 no. You have to listen to me. Please listen. The Lord said he would be with me like he was with the prophet Samuel and not one of my words to fall to the ground. And she said, oh, okay. It went back to sleep. And that was her. When, when she was asleep, she, she was gone, drifting off into la-la land. But I eventually went back to sleep. And I had a hard time sleeping after that because I was, every time I went to sleep, I was like, is he going to show me in another realm again? Is he going to show me, is he going to show me something else? What was in that communion cup that I have? My goodness, I need more of that. Um, but all in all, I wanted to share this with you because I have never, ever recorded this. What God does for one person, he will do for you and more. And I pray for those of you that just are at a loss and do not know what has God called you to, what, what does he want out of your life? I want to tell you something very important. The moral of the story is when God was showing me, and I have some gifting in interpretation, some things are not, um, are not revealed at certain times and some things are. What the Lord revealed to me during that experience was when I answered the call, I also said yes to the cost. So have I gone through things in life that I felt like I was going to not make it? Absolutely. Have I gone through things that were devastating? Yeah, I think what tops my chart at this point in time in my life. 
is um, is when my mother transitioned to heaven unexpectedly. And I can't say it was unexpected. God even gave me a dream about that. But when it happens, nothing can prepare you to lose your best friend. And nothing can prepare you because I just, oh, I felt like I lost everything at that point. I didn't know how it was going to go on. I lost uh, a very good chunk of my functionality for two years. I just functioned on autopilot because I was devastated and heartbroken. But after a while, I came to God about it. And he was, he was the only one that gave me closure because there was nobody else around. When you go through things that are devastating in your life, you find out who your real friends are. And I had a really small circle. And I'm like, I've never felt so alone and so lonely. Yet God, in his infinite mercy, talked me through it. Had he not talked me through it, I don't think that we would be here talking to each other. Or I would be talking and you would be listening. But I say all that to say is you are never alone after you get saved. Everything is not going to be wonderful and roses and rainbows all of the time. But you are never, ever alone in anything. And that's why I love being saved. That's why I'll serve him till I breathe my last breath and I transition and see my mother right, standing right next to Jesus because he promised me that that's where he is. The Lord said when he saves you, he will save you in all of your house. He is a God that answers prayer. And when I tell you that answering the call has cost me everything, that's exactly what I mean. When I mean I've questioned my sanity at times. I've questioned uh, people's loyalty. If I was going the right way, I've had my um, spiritual behind whooped several times. And, um, but in all of that, there was so much grace to go through everything. And when you say you want to answer the call, make sure that you are ready to make a vow because it's better not to make a vow than to make it and break it because you will pay for it. There were times where I stepped out of my calling and I thought, you know what? I don't, if you end up in a leaving out of here in a box or a vase on somebody's mantle, um, you should be able to do whatever you want to do. So I had some moments that I just, you know, started to rebel against everything that I knew. And those, there was two situations that ended up in a car accident. I didn't get hurt in either car accident, but after the second time, I'm like, God, you ain't, you ain't got to, to shout any longer. God was saying, get back in line. You answered the call. It's time for you to fulfill it. So when there's a certain amount of responsibility that is required, where much has been given, much is required. It's going to require all of you, but you are not going to regret saying yes. You're going to rec you're going to question yourself. But as far as absolutely having a regret, it's better to do things God's way and to live in holiness and righteousness the way that he set you apart. And no matter how God uses you, when God said, I will be with you like I was with the prophet Samuel, Samuel in the Bible, um, my church recently, we're going through the experience of the, the calling of the prophet Samuel and something that spoke out that my, my pastor, Daryl, Daryl Scarborough said today, I go to boss church in South Sacramento. If you're ever in the area, please come through. Cause we have a wonderful time every single Sunday anyway. Um, but when he was reading through the scripture, um, where Samuel was going back and forth because his ear was not trained. 
Um, I realized the things that God had taken me through because my ear was not trained. I used to dream constantly. And now that I'm back in 40 days of communion again, currently, I'm like, I'm craving for those dreams again. But God said, I don't need to move in your life in that, in that capacity anymore. Well, not in this, this point in time, because your ear is trained. When Samuel got his ear trained, well, before Samuel, Samuel got his ear trained, the the priest Eli that Samuel was serving under, I mean, the priests are the, like the, the pastors. And basically they, um, they upheld the Lord. They upheld the temple. They took care of the temple and Eli was not doing right. So when Eli eventually told the prophet Samuel, he did not know he was prophetic back then until, um, Eli was like, you know what? I think the Lord is calling you go back and tell him, you know, your servant is listening. And when Samuel did that, unfortunately, he got a word against Eli and Eli threatened the boy. And he said, um, what stuck out to me today was that Eli could hardly see. And when I realized that some relationships in my life have had to end or transition unexpectedly, it's because the leadership I was under could not see. So I'm not, <laughs> come on now. Uh, there, there was some mentors that I've had in my life. There were some um, there was some leadership that I was under, especially while I was, I was doing a lot of church hopping when I lived in Georgia years ago. And I just could not seem to find a pastor that had integrity. I'm not speaking over all churches in Georgia. I'm just saying the ones that I went to, it was really hard finding somebody that functioned in integrity. I was always looking for another, you know, another, somebody that walks in purity, somebody's, anybody left among us that still walks in holiness and righteousness. It's what I was looking for enough to be able to teach me. How do I pursue it for myself? How do I pursue God's, a relationship with God for myself? How do I get in there real deep? That's what I wanted. That's my desire. And, um, when I couldn't find it, I, it hit me today when I was in church that, uh, they couldn't see. So when your leadership cannot see, they cannot see the, anointing of God on your life. They're so busy trying to hoard you and try to keep you from going anywhere or trying to say, you know what? I don't think that God spoke to you about that. But how are you, how, how's anybody going to tell you what God spoke to you that lines up with his word and say that, that God didn't speak to you? That's impossible. He will not tell you anything outside of his word just because he uses you differently. Maybe you're a complete utter weirdo, just like me. I'm a weirdo, but a sweetheart. If that kind of thing coexists, which I believe it does. And, you know, prophetic people, we're different, but everybody wants our gifting. Everybody wants to move because this gift is most like God. This gift is so coveted. The office is so coveted, but the price, the cost is not popular. Prophetic people are not called to be celebrities. Prophetic people are not called to be popular. We, there's none of us that have a whole lot of friends. None of us that I've met. There are so many of us that are just, we don't realize what that calling is in our life because a lot of times the leadership or the mentorship that we look to mentor us and to train us until we know how to hear from God and we know how to have a relationship with God, a lot of them can't see. So what good is it for you, for somebody that is a spiritual mentor um, when it, it is in, in my personal opinion, God has shown somebody close to you, somebody that you desire to mentor you, somebody that you look up to. They have seen some little speck of your future. 
they would have to, because how in the world do you see a child growing up in your house or do you see a, a, somebody growing up in your church? You see the growth, you see, you know what? I think God's going to move them into uh, prophetic dancing or God's going to move them to have their own school. They're, they're meant to be a politician. God needs them in that arena. They're called to be a doctor. I could just see it. So it's really important being in any kind of Christian vicinity at all. You are under leadership that can see. You need somebody that can see you. If you do not have that kind of person, it might be time for you to leave because we're entering in a season in the body of Christ. If this is do or die, it is the finale. It is the last hour. The day is spent. It's holiness or hell time. And there are some people that they're not going to like your delivery. They're not going to like how you come down with a hammer. They're not going to like how you move out of their control. So there, uh, I pray that God get the Eli out of your life so that you can step up and be who God called you to be in your individuality, in your weirdness, in whatever God has called you to do. I pray that you do it with all of his understanding. Let me go on ahead and pray for you before I go on because you know Sister Lissandra can talk now. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for the person that is hearing this, God. I thank you that it is not by accident, not by might, nor by their own power, but is by your spirit, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you have called them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you would speak forth their potential. Show them like you showed me, Lord God. Let them have a personal rhema word experience from you in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that everything that you have called them to do, you have equipped them for the cost in Jesus name, because it's going to take all of you where much has been given, much is required. And the word of the Lord goes forth out of his mouth and will never return to him void or unproductive, but it accomplishes everything you set for it to do. And in the name of Jesus, I speak towards this person's future and I come against any demonic interference right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in, comma, like the flood, the Lord has lifted up a standard against them and you don't have to worry. You can walk and be free. The Lord has made you to be an eagle, son and daughter of God. And in order for eagles to soar, they have to be alone so they can soar. God, I thank you that like the eagle, they are made, the person listening to this is made to embrace the storm. Lord, I thank you that you are the rock that we sharpen our talons on in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. Hallelujah. You've given us eagle eye vision that we can see up to miles and miles away and we can see up to years and years in the future what you have planned for those that worship and fear you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for giving them the feet of the deer that they may tread upon high places. Thank you for giving them sweet sleep and that I, that I pray that you would speak to the people in in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for calling out and making it apparent who you have called and who has lost their vision. Lord, I pray that you will restore it. And if they will not listen, if they will not repent, God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you will have your way in all situations. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have not joined my website, website membership is free. Go to queenesteam33.com. If you have any questions you want to ask me, if you have anything that is on your heart, anything you want prayer for, you can reach me at queenesteam33 at gmail.com. God bless you. And be sure to look out on barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, and queenesteam33.com. The book, the workbook, let me tell you all, it's already going into editing by the end of this month. It is Queen Esteem, 33 Days of Restoration and Revelation. If you are in a position where you can pre-order it, please do. 
because I have a feeling this is going to be a bestseller and it's going to be a little bit hard to get a hold of. Um, there's an audiobook coming, an ebook coming. There's so much around this movement that I believe is for this day and time, and especially for you hearing this. I love you. God bless you. I'm praying for you and keep me lifted as well. God bless you. Bye-bye. Next time.